Tradition 2. For our group purpose is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Where does AA get its direction? Who runs it? This, too, is a puzzler for every friend and newcomer. When told that our society has no president having authority to govern it, no treasurer who can compel the payment of any dues, no board of directors who can cast erring members into outer darkness, when indeed no A can give another a directive and enforce obedience, our French grasp and exclaim, this simply can't be. There must be an angle somewhere. These practical folk then read Tradition 2 and learn that the sole authority in AA is in loving God, as He makes presence Himself in our group conscience. They dubiously ask an experienced AA member if this really works. The member, saying to all appearances, immediately answers, Yes, it definitely does. The friends mutter that this looks vague, nubilous, pretty naive to them. Then they commence to watch us with speculative eye, pick up a fragment of AA history, and soon have the solid facts. What are these facts of AA? What are the solid facts? Life, AA life, which brought us to this apparently impractical principle. And then uh, in the story that goes on to say, John Doe, a good AA moves, let us say, to Middletown. He starts the meeting. He buys the book, buys the uh, the rent, and gets things going. He, he visits other groups and gets them started. Ask tells them that there's six meetings going on, and we need secretaries 9 a.m. at a really sad place in town where location is a matter of purpose to some. And only the down and out go to that area. And the founder and so forth starts the group. And it gets secretaries. And just like all people in AA, a lot of these are A-type personalities. There's leaderships in there. If it wasn't for the 12 traditions, the strong 12 traditions, all these bulls wouldn't get along. But the bulls do get along. And committee starts, and things go and move, and people's feelings get hurt. And the elder statement uh, moves out of the way. Let the wisdom of the group's choices dictate, and let new people come into office and take over the secretary, the literature, the treasury, and and they get things organized as the uh, and create a steering committee. And years pass on, and uh, the founder is amazed at the organization, the uh, the skills, the uh, the service work, and all his work had took into fruition, and ha- he has become an elder statesman. And they give him honor, they give him praise, they thank him for starting the group, calling him a founding father, and and like Jesus said. There's no honor in a home group for the founder. (laughs) How many of us founder had known that? My home group over here can readily do. Um, You know, we want these people to come up and become a committee, but it seems like they they need 
to, to gather together and find an enemy other than alcohol. You know, and uh, it so happens that they, they'll find the founder as the enemy and they'll all group together against the founder and they'll create. And, and what usually happens is they come up with a better program, a better format. They'll implement better meetings, better um, guidelines and bring in prayers that are out of the park that are really good. And the, the elder statement just looks at it and says, wow, it really turned good when they got together and they turned against the, uh, the one who started it. And the one who started just says, thank God, and doesn't let his feelings get hurt. Of course, he doesn't get recompensed for the money it took for him to buy all the books, buy the coffee pot, the buy the whole situation, pay the rent and stuff. Oh, of course, they just sweep that under the table. Like, you know, there was, and of course, the founder doesn't turn any receipts anyway. So it's all, he would have drank it anyway. That kind of money would have been gone down the drain anyway. So it is pennies and is well invested to see, to come back to a meeting, there was only one, two people, maybe nobody at all. And the founder walking around praying, asking God to send him some people. And now, years later, comes back and there's 32 people in one of the seven meetings and, and the founder can't find a seat. It is so crowded, so stuffy. And the, the, because the words are gold, the words are silver, the words are dynamite in there. The program given to Bill by a higher power for a sick alcoholic, a sick individual, have taken flight. They have grown and grown and continue to grow and continue to bring happiness in life. So for our group purposes, but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Amen. So that's all I got to say about uh, Alcoholic Anonymous Tradition 2. And there's something I always wanted to do. I wanted to uh, take a look at Tradition 2 in other 12-step programs that are very popular. I think uh, Gamblers Anonymous Tradition 2 is very popular, very popular group. Narcotics Anonymous is another popular, in other words, for the size and the growth and how old it is when uh, they, these groups are started. I think Gamblers Anonymous was started in 1952. I don't know when, uh, I don't remember when Narcotics Anonymous was started in the inception, but let's go ahead and uh, I'm gonna read Tradition 2 out of the uh, Narcotics Anonymous book, and it's very short, and and as like I did, I. I skipped over the examples they give on the uh, Tradition 2 from the AA book. They they wrote down two examples, so I just skipped over this and got to the... And that's what the Narcotics Anonymous book does, too. Okay, here we go. Tradition 2. For a group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. In Narcotics Anonymous, we are concerned with protecting ourselves... From ourselves. Our second tradition is an example of this. By nature, we are strong-willed, self-centered people 
who are trussed together in AA. Didn't I say we were a bunch of bulls, A-type personalities? And that's exactly what it says right here. I didn't read this beforehand, folks. Here we go. We are mismanagers and not one of us is capable of consistently making good decisions. In our cottage analysis, we rely on a loving God as he expresses himself in our group conscious rather than our own personal opinion or ego. By working the steps, we learn to depend on a power greater than ourselves and to use this power for our group purposes. We must be constantly on guard that our decisions are truly an expression of God's will. There is often a vast difference between group conscience and group opinion, as dictated by powerful personalities or popularity. Some of our most painful growing experiences have come as a result of decisions made in the name of group conscience. True spiritual principles are never in conflict. They complete complement each other. The spiritual conscience of a group will never contradict any of our traditions. The second tradition concerns the nature of leadership in, any, in NA. We have learned that for our fellowship, leadership by example and by selfless service work, direction and manipulation fail. We choose not to have presidents, masters, or directors. Instead, we have secretaries, treasurers, and representatives. These titles imply service rather than control. Our experience shows that if a group becomes an extension of the personality of the leader or member, it loses its effectiveness. An atmosphere of recovery in our group is one of our most valuable assets, and we must guard it carefully lest we lose it to politics and personalities. Those of us who have been involved in service or in getting a group started sometimes have a hard time letting go. Egos, unfounded pride, and self-will destroy a group if given authority. We must remember that offices have been placed in trust, that we are trusted servants, and that at no time do any of us govern. Narcotics Anonymous is a God-given program, and we can maintain our group in dignity only when group conscience and God's love. Some will resist, however, will become the role models for the newcomers. Many will become the self-seekers soon find that they are on the outside, causing dissension and eventually disasters for themselves. Many of them change. They learn that we can only be governed by a loving God as expressed in our group conscience. And that was it. That was quick and easy, huh? Tradition two for Narcotics Anonymous. I like that. And now, Tradition 2 in Elanons, which is the second oldest 12-step extension. I think it, it was formed in the 40s, I believe, by a bunch of gals and uh, Lois Wilson. Now, this one's a little different in their book. They have stories of people writing in their experience in Tradition 2, which probably is a gas. So... I'll be reading those in detail, but for right now, I'm going to jump over to, they have some questions over, over here. They, the Narcotics Anonymous doesn't let you off easy. This is a textbook, so it, it asks you to fill in the questions. So I'm going to read off the questions, so, okay, and uh, says the first question says, for our group purpose, there's but one authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants that are not governed. You got to see sometimes that the writing is a little different. 
Over here, AA says an ultimate authority. Elon says, but one authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Okay, same thing. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Our leaders are but trusted servants. Okay, the only thing they change, Elon change, is but one ultimate authority. They drop the word ultimate. I like that. AA has ultimate. Let's go back to NA and see how they did theirs in tradition. <clears throat> if they dropped or anything. It says, for our group purpose, it's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not come. The exact quotation is AA. Okay, here's the questions. Am I willing to take time to discuss all points of view before reaching a decision? Does my need to be right get in the way and how? How do I practice in my group's business? How do I participate in my group's business? Excuse me. Do I listen to others in group discussion with an open mind? What am I willing to do for service work? Ooh, that's good, huh? Does my group practice rotation of leadership positions? What can I do to contribute to service in my group and elsewhere? Has my group ever taken a group conscience? How we, how we are doing serving the newcomer, the new person. We took a group conscience in our, our thing and we decided to get pamphlets and we chose to ch change the meeting when the newcomer shows up and give a testimony and go back to uh, step one or tradition one to get them hooked on the uh, program. When a new person shows up to our meeting, a newcomer, that we have taken group conscience on our Al-Anon meeting and AA meetings too. Does everyone in our group participate in the group conscious process? Well, sometimes they don't show up for, uh, what, for the meeting. What can I do if one member starts to dominate a group? What is the difference between Elon leadership and governing? How am I willing to support the group conscience even if I don't agree with it? Am I contributing to the health of my group? How? Do I bring my concerns to group level with love? How? How am I a leader and trusted servants? How can I be a leader without being in charge? Am I being honest with myself and others? Am I trying to control, convince others that I am right? Do I give up my personalities and then blame others if things go wrong? Am I listening for God's words and others? What do I hear? You know, it's amazing. Uh, I always thought we need leadership. We need people with guts that will speak up for common sense and keep the group going on the train. And then we have a lot. Um, and that's I saw that we need it. And Elanon has taken the liberty to put that strong word, leader. You notice it wasn't in our readings in the AA stuff. But leadership is so vastly important. And I always say leadership is lonely. Leadership is singular. Leadership is taking the traditions and making them work, making them fly in a brand new town. And 
if you wait long enough, other bears and bulls and and orangutans will show up and help you run the meeting along those those edges. There, there's if you say it, you say we have good recovery, we have good meetings in this group, we have good leadership, we have good secretaries, we have the best literature in all the world. We have good participants. There is good recovery here. Those statements tend to come to pass whatever we're prophesying and saying for the future. Try it. You'll like it. Okay, uh, Tradition 2. I'm going to be reading Tradition 2 out of the Past to Recovery, Ellen on Steps, Tradition and Concept book. Tradition 2 addresses both leadership and the unity, respect, and integrity of our groups. Obviously, for a group to continue to be available to us week after week, some tasks must be undertaken and some decisions about structure need to be reached. Tradition 2 shows us how to practice the first three steps as a group. We admit it, our own limitations, come to trust a higher power to guide us, and then turn the group conscience over to that power. We turn the group conscience over that power. Each of us is an integral part of the group conscience, and we learn to share our thoughts on matters that affect our group. Through trial and error, we learn that it is best not to force a particular decision or to continue restate our views. That is controlling. When there is no group conscience taken, we find that factions, cliques, a single dominating spirit, individual, or the absence of anyone taking responsibility can create chaos. By being part of an informed group conscience, gathering the information we need, letting our loving God guide us, and remaining trusted servants, we are all part of the group and support its decisions. When a group or a family is in trouble, placing authority in a power greater than ourselves is critical to clear judgment. When tempers flare, listening for guidance is hard but important. How can we know when it is a message from a loving God or our own will or the voice of another member? We start by trusting a higher power and continue by learning to trust each other. In the process, we learn that we can participate in honest disagreement with integrity and flexibility, even when things do not exactly go our way. For some of us, it is the first experience of positive conflict resolutions we have ever had. In Elanon, we learned that many of our reactions to alcoholic behavior were out of fear. It is easy to transfer the same responses into our meeting rooms if we do not understand tradition too. If we trust ourselves to do our best, each asking for guidance along the way, we won't be drawn too far off course. Learn to pray for guidance before we launch into our opinion on a controversy. Learn to listen respectfully to each other, especially those who oppose us or who we don't particularly like. Helps us grow in tolerance. Listening also helps us discover the wisdom hidden in unlikely sources. The member who disagrees or doesn't understand must be heard and given fair consideration. Sometimes the minority opinion can bring forth new information. From discussion, the group may find compromises upon which they all can agree. Sometimes a vote must be taken to reach a decision. If our own position is not that that of the group, 
of, as a whole, we learn to support the decision reached. Over time, we learn to recognize and accept that in the long run, the wisdom of the group, informed by thorough discussion and guided by a higher power, ultimately will be the best for the group and its individual members. It takes time to trust in the group's conscience process. When we all seek God's will, there can be no winning or losing, but only a journey to greater understanding. Everyone from the person who makes the coffee to group representatives, district representatives, area delegates, trustees, and World Service Office staff members is a trusted servant. Each relies on guidance from a higher power and direction from the group conscience. It is amazingly effective, both personally and collectively. To be trusted is both humbling and elevating. For our group to trust us with service is an honor and a serious responsibility. Our self-esteem grows as we fulfill our offices to the best of our abilities. Rotating leadership and remembering that our only authority is a loving God can help us with our defects of character. Members accustomed to dominating may be unhappy when reminded that we rotate leaders and that we are to serve, not govern. Longtime members learn about letting go and letting others serve. Rotating leadership also draws those of us with little self-esteem or leadership experience into positions of trust and authority. Although we might prefer to let someone else do it, we won't always like the result. And practicing the second tradition, we can just stand by and grip if we haven't contributed to the group's conscience or offer to take an office. Many beginners in Alan marvel at how a group can function with such a loose structure. We find that this structure is intensely practical because of its broad base. When we all do our share, no one gets burned out. When we share decisions, we each play a part in the solution reached. When we are careful to consider each other's person's needs, our group serves us and we want to come back. Service to our group goes beyond holding a group office. Setting up the chairs, finding speakers, it can mean helping make decisions and speaking up when we believe our traditions are being violated. It is leadership but not governing. What then is the difference between Elon leadership and governing? General governments have rules and laws with some means of enforcing them. Elon offers suggestion, experience, and our traditions without absolute rules and regulations. We are asked to practice obedience to the unenforceable. We let newcomers know the meeting structure and important group conscious decisions so they will not be embarrassed by ignorance. We share our experience when we believe our group might be going astray. Ultimately, we lead by example, trusting that our higher power will guide us in the right direction. You know, it's beautiful that we read the traditions at every opening meeting. It's awesome to to have a personal conscious contact with God and asking for God's counsel. When we have a lot of things to do, we usually stop and do this surrender conscious prayer. It says, God, help me. I don't know where to go to the left or the right. I got so many things to do to cover this meeting, to do your work, God. I need for you to, to help me slice the butter and get out there and provide service work. And we're running late, so we need your help. So that right there, we're asking for God's guidance in a prayer. And kind of the same thing as tradition for our ultimate authority is a loving God who can express himself in our minds, in our hearts, conscience, 
that he is the ultimate uh, decision maker. And you know what happens after the prayer? Everything gets done. We are satisfied with the work. And we look back and say, wow, that prayer really worked. Instead of Hector Stalker or running around without a head, we find that we, the thing went precisely well. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read a little story that says right here. It says, we are all on the same level. This is a, somebody writing about the second tradition. I often feel like an outsider in school. The more popular kids have a lot to say about things that affect my life. They say what kind of clothes are fashionable and what music groups are cool. And Alateen, I see that we are all on the same level. We trust our higher power to help us with our group. No individual person makes a decision for everyone else. All of us have the opportunity to share and express our views when we take a group conscience. Each of us has a voice. Amen. And, you know, that brings a good point. I, I deal with a lot of parents that are going crazy and actually even drinking because of their teenage kids. You know, they're... The kids have taken control of the food they eat, their sloppiness, and is driving the parents bunkers. And, you know, I would say turn off their phone, turn off the Wi-Fi, break up their, their computers, and, and spank them and take them to, to Elatine. You know, at least, you know, take them to six to ten meetings and sit there and wait for them. Pay them if you have to. Whatever you do, you're not going to get another chance like this. You're not being a good parent by being kind. Love is a good uh, whipping. That's love. Our soul, our flesh. I know when my my sons needed some love and that was some whipping because they were acting up. You know, it's like, wow, their emotions, they, they need to sense that I love them. They're acting like bastards. Okay, this, is, this comes to you from my experience from being not being whipped and then having to cry to the world to whip me when I was drinking, to love me, to accept me. Here's another story everyone can accept. Here, members share experiences, strength, and hope. When I first began to recognize that my Al-Anon group had its own structure, I wonder how the organization could make decisions and still remain any consistency from group to group. I watch as one group elected their officers by ballot, another group by a show of hands, and a third group by asking for volunteers. At first, I didn't pay a lot of attention to these differences. Most of the time, when a problem arose about how to do something that we didn't normally do, longtime members quoted the Al-Anon Elatine Service Manual. Usually, the group went along with whatever the manual said. One time, a newcomer who was obviously in distress from the smoke in the room brought up the subject of whether to allow smoking to continue in our meeting. The meeting secretary asked the question, will all who are in favor of a non-smoking meeting please raise your hand? She didn't suggest looking at the manual. She didn't even suggest any discussion. The group representative calmly asked the secretary to withdraw the question so that an informed group conscience could be formed. We all asked, what is that? She explained that changing the character of the meeting was not something to be taken lightly. 
She also suggested that we could decide not to smoke for this night to help out the newcomer. Before any permanent decision could be made, she said we need to take into action the feelings of regular members who weren't present. Since the purpose of the meeting was for recovery, we couldn't spend sufficient time to allow all the members to express themselves prior to a vote in a single meeting. The group decided instead to speak about the topic for a few minutes for several weeks. After everyone received the opportunity to speak, the group voted. Over the years, I used this story to illustrate how to make an informed group conscious. I discovered from experience that there are at least six possible answers to a question when it is first placed before a group. I know about yes and no. I also recognize a couple of other possible answers. I don't know and I don't care. It was later that I also found other possible answers. I don't want to discuss it and I don't want to you to discuss it. I was able to identify several feelings around these six answers. Agreement, disagreement, ignorance, confusion, resentment, and anger. I found that for any serious matter presented to my group, district, or area, first I needed to acknowledge how I felt about it. Then I needed to postpone my personal decision until I heard all the people who wished to share. For most decisions in Elon, I think it is more important to allow each of us to share our opinions than it is to allow the lack of time to dominate an issue. Today, I believe the process of discussion review of our literature and a vote is a good way for our group to make decisions that just about everyone can accept. Again, folks, we review what does our literature say when we, we change, when we say let's have a group conscience. And try. We only can change it for that meeting for that time. Say, for instance, at the park, we don't show up with the book, so we have to vote. I say, well, let's go. I have a bunch of 12 and 12. Let's move over to the 12 and 12. I have a bunch of grapevine. Let's switch it over. Or we can choose just to read the uh, daily reflections and comment on that, which seldom we do that. We like to read, and we like to put the, the hard part first. And then, uh, so now... We run it through, it's called a steering committee in the AA. So we need to run it to the steering committee. The steering committee is, they they done that. They announced it, announced it, announced it, and then they proceeded. It's kind of like the grand jury and said yes and put the, the guidelines, the format in place. So yes, a lot of meetings get out of hands. You know, it reminds me of the lady, she just, came in and she always kept saying, well, let's have a group conscience and let's have a group conscience. And it seems like that was her share. She wanted to, you know, uh, twist and turn and twist everything around. And and I'm the elders one and thinking, hey, this is not the process. We have a steering committee. What's that? There's no, there's no cows around here. What's that? <clears throat> All right, let's go to our next story. I'll stop trying to be funny. This will be our last story. And we'll close it down for the day. I think we've done pretty good. And for me, pretty informative for me, because I dropped the ball many a times. You know, I started, all right, I'm going to boast a little bit, but I won't. Let's go. Next story, a healthy reminder. Tradition 2 performs a vital function for me. It is similar to the way Step 2 helped me understand and work all the other steps by teaching me humility. 
Tradition too helps me to learn how to apply this humility. When I practice the tradition in my relationship with other people, I have learned through leadership to accept a responsibility. Be accountable for it and be responsible enough to carry it out with the help of my higher power without being prodded by another person. Tradition too also teaches me to share my responsibilities with other members of the group. It reminds me that I am trusted servant of my fellow Elna members and of my higher power. I learned that in this tradition, we are not speaking of a servant as a menial thing, but as a person who is highly esteemed and trusted to do this vital work. In a group, various members have various jobs and responsibilities for and to the group. However, the group has certain responsibilities too. For example, members of the group are needed in order to have a group conscience. The treasurer need the respect of being allowed to give a treasure report on a regular basis. Rotating service in a group is very important for two reasons. One, giving everyone opportunity to serve. Two, keeping the person serving from feeling self-important or self-pity. You do too much work, you start feeling self-pity and demand you want compassion. <laughs> Ask me how I know. Sometimes a person takes on a, a job in El and everyone is willing to let that person keep serving year after year. This situation is not good for either the person serving in one position too long or for the other deprive themselves of the growth gain by service. When a term is over, we need to rotate to some other form of service. In our service manual, there are suggestions for the term length for different responsibilities. Okay, now they are talking that they throw that this statement right here to a group that has plenty of people, plenty of resources. But when you have a skeleton group and newcomers come and go, especially in the park, and you can't pin things on the wall to remind people of situations. Um, and some people need to be running these skeleton groups, and they do. Ten years, I know this lady, She's she's been over ten years as secretary for that one meeting. Everybody loves her, and she brings her dog, and I take coffee when I can and go to her meeting. I love the meetings there in the park. And uh, to take the meeting, her one meeting a week that she does a week, would be devastating to her. Uh, I remember taking a, a suggestion the guy drop his meeting after two and a half years, and he had something like 27 years, and he was finally able to uh, teach. And, and, and he would run the meeting with the big book and very, very smoothly. And I asked him, I said, hey, why don't you step down? And, and uh, then we had the hardest time getting someone to do the meeting. You know, the, everybody was, you know, flip flying, flip. You know, there were, and, uh, and the guy we... We never heard of him. We couldn't get a hold of him, you know, and then we see him having troubles and so forth. So sometimes the meeting is just, that's all a person has in his life in it. And if the meeting is fly by night, screwy and everything, let the, let the young man, young lady run the meeting, you know. I, I always, people go, oh, they have to have six months. Well, are you willing to take that position if you're making that statement? Are you willing to take No, I can't take it. Then, you know, we got all these people making all these suggestions of treasure and this and do that, and I turn it on them. Okay, well, we'll elect you as treasurer. Oh, no, I, I can't do it. And 
I said, well, that, there it is. The people with time don't want to do it. So I've been criticized for putting people with three weeks to run meetings. I said, there's the literature. The central house is right back there. They got phone numbers of other people. I said, read the literature. The literature is the meeting. It is the final word. It is the read the book. You know, people want to be babysit. And uh, I mean, when I wanted this thing, there was enough information on the uh, reading, the on the opening readings to get me straight up and sober and interested. I was in. I didn't need any more information. Ah. <laughs> Okay, I continue with the article. One more page, folks. Hang in there with me, please. In my home, I am trusted servant of my higher, of my higher power to carry out His messages of love. Our children are not our possessions, but are, are on loan to us from God, for love and guidance. I cannot own another person. If I try to keep another person a prisoner, then I myself become a prisoner. Okay, when I think of my higher power, I recognize that in his love, he gives me free will and allows me to make my own decisions, even though they are frequently wrong and some are very right. And he allows me the privileges of suffering or enjoying the consequences of my behavior. This tradition teaches me the importance of group discussion. We learn to keep in contact with our higher power and to listen to others. We learn that we need to treat each other with respect and not talk to do talk or do anything distracting when someone is talking. In the home we can also listen to others. It doesn't mean that we have to heed them, just as the group representative GR. Listen to all the ideas of the group and collect all pertinent information available before deciding how to vote at the assembly. So I have learned to listen to others in my home and collectively and available information before I decide what I will do. What others say may or may not influence what I do, but they will feel better for having had the opportunity to express their feelings. This doesn't mean that we always cave in to what others think or believe. Neither do we resist something that is good just because someone else thought of it. It means that I have to decide what is best for me. I have to learn that be good to yourself also means good to yourself. I must consider all the facts and examine the possible consequences. I have to learn to take time and think things through. However, I need to be careful of people offering advice. Is this person an authority on the subject? If the question is legal, I need a, a lawyer, not a bricklayer. If I want to lay bricks, then I need a bricklayer. Advice is not Elnon. If I give you advice and things go wrong, then you may blame me. If you don't follow my advice, I might be sick enough to get mad because you didn't listen. Practicing tradition, too, takes time and patience. Like our recovery, it will move slowly. This tradition helps me to keep my priorities in order. God, self, family, others. It also reminds me that each person in my life has a God. And I am not it. Amen. Okay, that was it. We read the whole chapter on the Alnum book. And from my point of view, in a nutshell, tradition two is asking God's counsel. And God is happy with us that we included in him. I bet you Bill had a lot of 
uh, flack. A lot of people coming against them for putting this and saying it was too uh, religious or whatever. And um, I'm glad he put it in there. And I'm glad he put step two and tradition on step 11. You know, because those are the ones in in tradition one that got me hooked in the program. They helped me to believe. I hung on to those and then it stopped the reeling of the mind. It put me, it gave me enough of reprieve, enough of a rest for me to look at myself and stop the craziness and start working the steps and being of service and enjoy life. I love you. God bless you. Let's go ahead and pray with the uh, the seven-step prayer, please. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go off from here to do your bidding. Amen. Keep coming back. It's working. All right, well, let's pray with the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Welcome to today's meeting of Alcoholic Anonymous. I'm Fernando, your secretary. Very pleasing to see the group come over here. Um, our topic for today is... Uh, Step <clears throat> Tradition 3, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Amen. And then we'll we'll start with you. <clears throat> Finish up that, uh, you said two well, months? Yeah, <clears throat> my name is Don Babbitt, I'm alcoholic. Hey, Don. Don. Yeah, I, uh, when I was in jail for 502s and stuff, wasn't very long, but I got out of jail and that's when I met a gentleman that uh, I was standing in a, by a place in El Monte that I used to go, muffler shop, and he drove in and he says, man, you look like heck. And I said, well, I do, I feel like heck. I says, and I, I've never said that words before in my life, except in jail once when I got out, is I want to I, I, I want to quit drinking and I don't know how. And uh, he says, well, if you ever would you like to go to AA and, and uh, to an AA meeting? I says, what's AAA got to do with my drinking? <laughs> I didn't know anything about AA. But I had the desire at that moment to do something about my drinking. And like, like it says, you go to any lengths. Well, he said, would you go to a meeting with me? Can you stay sober today? And I says, I don't know. I don't know, I can't promise you that. But he says, well, you can go to Baldwin Park and there's a speaker meeting. And he says, I'm on Al-Anon, but my wife's an AA member. And I'm divorced from her, but we're friends. But I'll take you to an AA meeting. Wow. And uh, that's where I heard Joe Rhodes, an old guy that years ago, speak. And there was a lady in a wheelchair right next to him. Her name, her name was Judy. Judy Winberg and uh, <laughs> Bill Winberg. Anyway, he told his story, and, and I just sit there, and I couldn't believe that a man would stand up there 
and talk about his, about his innermost self the same way I had those feelings being an alcoholic and tell them to a group. And I felt something. I just felt something. And that's when, like you said, the desire to stop drinking, I think that's when it really hit me. And I wanted to learn more about it. And of course, uh, as time went on, uh, his, his, her, his wife uh, had the meeting in, in La Puente. It won't be any place. And I was just down the street from him, or up the street from him. And uh, so I went down there. And that's when I had just that old light hanging down and chairs and smoking and, oh God, I said, what the hell am I getting into? And a lady spoke that night and she told her story. And I said, wow, I want to come back to this. And I did. And then a Wednesday night was only two blocks away from my house. And that's where I met Lee Henry and Paul Munson. And that's when he told me to go to Larkella. Mm. And, uh, but I had two months on the program before I went to uh, court. And uh, then he, uh, but I had a court card signed the two months. Lee said, why don't you get this card and show the judge that you, and I'll go with you. He went there with me. And the judge said, well, I'm proud of you doing that. And he says, I'll just give you 90 more days and uh, see how things work out. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, I don't care. Well, that's fine with me. Didn't bother me go up there and have them signed. But that's the way that, <clears throat> the way it happened to me, the desire to stop drinking was a miracle because I listened to my innermost self. Thank you. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah, the topic is uh, Tradition 3. The membership or the desire? When did the desire kick in? My name is Tony. I'm an alcoholic. Tony. Tony. <clears throat> you know, I don't know when the desire kicked in. All I know is I was living a miserable life. And, uh, you know, I, I think it kicks in gradually. You know that you got a problem. Yeah. <clears throat> you know you got a problem. You think you can look at yourself. <laughs> yeah. And you try everything. Yep. And then you get to that place of futility. My dad was an alcoholic, sober, for a long time before he passed. So <clears throat> I knew about AA. I didn't know anything about AA, but I knew about AA. So I went to my first meeting, scared shitless. Mm. Tried to sit in a half-measure room and ended up at the first table. Oh, God damn. Yeah, that's where... Fucked yeah. up. I fucked up. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> but... Uh, <clears throat> you know, guys said keep coming back, and uh, I wasn't ready. It took me a while. I bounced in and out because uh, I, I really, I just wanted to learn how to drink like a gentleman when I came. Yeah. You know, I wanted to, mm. to see if I could control it or whatever. However, whatever that term is. But you know, when I look at this tradition, the thing I think about today is um, the for the group. It's, it's the allowance. In other words, you have to have the tolerance to let people come in and run their own program. Let, let, if they got the desire, right. just let them come in and be. You know, 
I have to say sometimes I have the tendency to look at the guys and say, you need to get a sponsor, you need to do this. They don't need to do shit. They just need to come in and sit down. And it takes whatever it takes to get to where they got to get to. And uh, some, like me, are sicker than others, so you just have to wait until the, yeah. the right time gets there. But I think from a group, and Neil and I talk about this a lot, you know, just let him run his own fucking program. It's going to mm -hmm. be the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, don't worry about it. Just take care of yourself, and, uh, which is hard enough. i got a big enough problem there. <laughs> but I think when you have the group there, if you're just there, and the purpose of the group is to make sure that you know, that, that's in the fifth tradition, but but, <clears throat> but the, the tolerance within the group in order to let somebody come in and just, as long as they got the desire, you're welcome here. You know, and that open arms, and that's what I got when I walked in. I mean, people were so kind, yeah. you know, because they've been right where I was been. And, and, and that's the difference in Alcoholics Anonymous. That's why AA works, because people know exactly where you are because they have been where you are. They might not have been in the exact same situation, but from an emotional and from a spiritual standpoint, they've been exactly where you are, bankrupt. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the gift of the group to the individual that walks in the room that's looking for a place to maybe see if there's a better way. You know, and sometimes that better way takes a year, sometimes it takes 20 years. You know, you just don't know who that individual is. And we have to have the patience and the tolerance to just allow them to be there. And, and take what they can and leave the rest. So that's kind of my thought on Tradition 3 for the day. So thanks for letting me share. Neil? Neil Winsky, an alcoholic. Hi, Neil. Neil. What's the topic? Tradition 3, our only desire, requirement only desire to be a member of AAs, stop, desire to stop drinking. That's the hard one. Having a desire is... I know when I had a bunch of mixed feelings when I, when I first came here. Mm. And uh, the thing is, I feel like I want to come back. Like, I feel like I, I need, needed to come back. My way wasn't working. And uh, like Tony says, uh, the guys that I met, the genuine, it seemed, seemed like genuine people, they weren't full of shit. It was genuine guys that so you, I, I can actually see the 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 hope the you know keep coming back feeling that they had I'd never uh, much cared for especially when, when, I, when I came here and I heard God. I said, oh, no, 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 no. Me and God departed ways a long time ago. So you hear, his, hear their name and the belief that we're going to have. Uh, it was a little strange for me. But I hung in there. I wanted to, wanted to see. And as I say, I mean, my way wasn't working. It was, I was fed up being fed up. So, uh, my wife at the time, she was from Scotland, and her father was, had been on the program, so she knew somewhat of it. I myself didn't hear too much about alcoholics and others, although when I was working, 
there was a couple of guys that came up to me. They were one in the, one in the mornings I was hung over and I felt like shit. And they could see that. Anyway, they, they, they both of them pulled out a ladder and wanted money. And he said, look. I, mean, I was always broke, always. <laughs> so when they just showed me, this is, this is what you can have if you're not spending, spending your money on drink. Just save it up. It was a revelation. So I'm glad that I kept coming back, especially here in the States. I, mean, I don't know I don't know if I could actually have done it back there at that time. Mm -hmm. Here it was new. And uh, Well, it was new at the time, it was just an eye opener. Keep coming back. And I did that. Thank you. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. Fernando. Fernando. <coughs> Thank you guys. Boy, you guys opened up a lot of a lot of uh, uh, memories. Uh, you know, I, I came in with a core car too. I had a pickup truck and, um, you know, and that's how I got. I smashed it on my neighbor's fence three o'clock in the afternoon drunk. And then I was I was driving for or working for Ralph's grocery company and um and then the El Monte judge and I got me an attorney and the attorney says, I'm gonna send you to interview school mm. and tell the judge to send you to AA. And I thought I I was okay. Talk about denial. And the hair in my back of my hair grew up like this, and it's just, I asked you to get me out of this, not to get me inside of it. <laughs> and, and, and he stands up with it. And he goes to the toy, he goes, someday you're gonna thank me. And he went in, I had to follow him and to stand with the judge, and the judge wanted to to get at me, and he's kind of like, no, give, give him a chance, because the highway patrol wrote down, uh, severely punished this guy. And it wasn't for my actions, it was for my arrogance, my denial. You know, there's three o'clock in the afternoon, it's on La, La Puente area over there, and the kids <laughs> are playing, and I floored the truck, and it, it, you know, I was, I was dealing with a, with a resentment, and the resentment was sitting right, right next to me, a buddy of mine, that we got into a fight once, and, I, and he was just a big guy, and I, and I wanted to get a pipe and hit him over the head. Every time I got, you know, drinking, because he was freeloading over my uh, my house. We had a house for sale. We we're taking care of it. So it was just life wasn't working. So they sent me to AA, and I walked into uh, East LA. I saw a list. I was in Montebello. I went to East LA to the uh, guys over there were, um, and I walked in there. And I saw, oh, this guy, you know, when you walk in, yeah. you're, you're like, if you're walking into the bar, you're going to see who's going to, who you're going to fight. Yeah. You walk in with that, yeah. that, that warlike. That macho attitude. Yeah, and I, I noticed that all the people had surrendered in their eyes. Everybody was calm. And I, and I realized that whatever they, whatever it was, they were going to teach me this. And it just, the desire started to kick in after the testimonies, the laughter, and like you said, they left me alone. No one came up to me and said, what's your name, what this and that. They just, I guess they, I was unreachable. I had to be, because I was sent to AA, and, and then when I went to Anabuse School, 
uh, after three months, the lady, we, we used to have 15 minutes. We had a interview a week and then an hour session and interviews, and it cost me $600 back in the early 80s. $600 to the interview school. It's $1,100 now. Is it? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I and the lady cornered me. She goes, if you don't, we, we haven't given you the pill, and we've been watching you. You've been coming over here doing the two-step and acting all like you got this thing. Um, we're going to send you back to the judge, she says. And I go, oh, no, don't send me back to the judge. And I heard too many war stories. I thought my life was over with when I came in AA. And the desire started to kick in, you know. And I didn't think the program was going to work. And I, I told that lady, okay, lady, you got a program here. I commit to this thing. She goes, okay, well, we'll see. And, boy, that commitment was hard, you know. The, the, the skirt, free. The skirt and the booze free, things like that. Offering started to come at you, or, or uh, friends come over to celebrate. They come 300 miles. He wants to introduce me to his new girlfriend, <laughs> and he <clears throat> wants to fight because I won't take a drink with him. Now I'm trying to explain commitment, so I got up and danced and, and shrugged it off. <clears throat> but the amazing thing is, I started getting a desire to do right. But listen, I took the desire to the wrong place. I took it to education. I got my GED. Mm -hmm. I got. I went to. Uh, I went to the Browse Grocery Company. I said I want to learn air conditioning. I started. I want to learn air conditioning. I was working in the motor pool, changing oil and fueling, fueling trucks. And and the guy says, well, in the air conditioning for the ammonia for the big system for the warehouses. And he says, well. These are the requirements. You got to get a little algebra, a little geometry, and and uh, and then uh, bring all these requirements, and then we'll put you on a five-year program of journeyman, something like that. Apprentice. 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 So I got everything, and then I went. I had to go get a chemistry thing, and I went to the real Hondo place. And in Rio Hondo, in the chemistry, I'm still going with my court card to AA. I'm going on interviews <laughs> twice, and I'm going to work, and I got to get sleep. I live in Montebello, work in Carson, got to go to Whittier, got to Mont and I'm going to Rio Hondo College. Oh, my God. I was, and I was my happiest when I looked back. Why was I happy? Because I was out of my head. And the desire, but the desire went in the wrong place. I was getting energy and strength from the AA meetings. Uh, at, the, uh, at the school, they, all they talked about was how to break down alcohol. And I used to think, wow, how do they know I'm going into going to Alcoholic Anonymous? And people would come up to me and say, what are you doing in a class like this? You know, they said, are you here to learn how to make drugs or bombs or something? Yeah. You know, the, I look it. Yeah. And I said, no, I'm going to go air conditioning. And, you know, there was nurses and doctors and guys look going toward that direction. <clears throat> um, but uh, what happened is they, they talked so much about breaking the molecule of alcohol, the carbons and the things, the ethyl, methyl, and, and so forth, and I had a paradigm shift with alcohol. Boom! I smelled it, and it, and it was I saw it for what it was. The truth was it was a chemical. And when I was down in East L.A. at the, at the I asked one of these girls, I did the 13-step, but we went out dancing and stuff, but come on, let's go. And we went out dancing, and we went to the club, and uh, memories of El Monte somewhere or something. And I've been there before when I was drinking, but this time I was a different guy. When I walked in there, that place stunk with chemicals. 
the roof was lower, it was darker, mm -hmm. it was, the people looked like they were in some kind of fiery hell, and, and, I, and I needed to get out of there. I, I uh, came back, and it happened a lot. I kept, so the desire, I said, this, this is a safe place, a haven rest in here. It's just too dangerous to be out there. Too dangerous to be without a program. I always wanted a program. I tried uh, Fool the Brush Company, <laughs> a program. <clears throat> you know, Johnny Weissman learned how to lift weights on a, some kind of rhythm, some kind of program that will discipline you because I was undisciplined. I knew I needed discipline. So it was only here where I, where the desire grew and grew. But like I said, I took it in the wrong places. I wouldn't put it into working the steps. I, I went into, into, I bought a house, changed, got into real estate. All this power, I was using it outside. And I was right by the El Monte. I, was, I bought a, my first house on, uh, right by uh, Los Angeles Street and, and Baldwin Park Boulevard. Walking distance to the club. Yeah. I go back over there, I celebrate my birthday there. And, Tell yes, them the story. That's good. And, um, but if, since I didn't put them first, and I was selling real estate there, I, I'll say this and I'll be quiet. I had, um, I looked, everything was working, going good, but I still wasn't drinking, but I wasn't doing the program. And I had a, I had a Mercedes Benz, and I looked at the Mercedes Benz, and I breathed in. I said, boy, I wish I had some kind of books and some kind of study I can go to. I said, you know, told the guys. And after that, you know, everything fell apart. Within eight years, everything fell apart. And it took me five years to come back to remember just a, a one year of meetings where the roughage was at. Mm -hmm. And then finally I was up in Northern California and a truck driver became my friend. We were both driving for a company. And he said, I said, what are you up to today? He goes, oh, I'm gonna go to town for a meeting. I said, what kind of meeting? He goes, oh, AA. I said, oh, I used to go that years ago. It was 14 years now. And this is 1994. And I went with him. And like you said, I saw the first tradition and the, and it and my, my jaw hit the thing. I said, man, this is what I've been looking for all of my life. You know? yeah. That's what I got into it. And I said, right away, I became secretary. And, and there you uh, go. That desire kicked in and hasn't changed since. That was my story. It's a little long. It's a good one. But that's the way you get here. And yeah. the only the only thing people got to remember is we just have to be here for those guys to come in and treat them with respect. Yeah, I think it doesn't matter how many years I have or anything else. But like you say, Tony, you got to live and let live Hard on the do. guys coming in. And today, unfortunately, I kind of judge that. And I shouldn't be judging anybody because I was there and they didn't judge. Well, they may have judged me, but nobody said anything to me. <clears throat> and so that's what I have been doing is live and let live. Uh, if they don't want to sponsor or go to meetings, that's, that's their problem. Uh, it's hard for, for me to accept because I want the best for them. And, and I know what the best is because I've lived it for many years. 
And that's all I'm trying to, uh, all I feel is I, I want to help them. And then I got to just, I just had to back off and say, okay, let go and let God, God will guide them to where he's supposed to be the same way he did me. So I just got, I just got to, whatever they say, I just say, okay, uh, all right. I, I don't ask them to get a sponsor anymore or, or any of that. They're, like Tony says, you know, they're here. They have the desire. You got to just uh, release them with love. Yeah. And that's what I do now. Yeah, because that you was a good don't topic. want them to go through the same thing you went through. Excuse me? You don't want them to go through the no, same thing you went through. No, definitely. That's, definitely. That's, that's where it comes from. Right. I think, right? Yeah. You know? Look at them. But Man. They, 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 they do surprise they, you. They got to get there on their own. Yeah. Right? All we can do is provide a safe place for you them. You have the desire. Yeah. Yeah, when I'm, I, I met I met you down at the La Puente Center, and there was yeah. and doors. I go, does anybody need a ride or anything? I opened my mouth, and a newcomer had a backpack, and he goes, well, I got to go to court, and I don't know how I'm taking the bus. So I started picking him up from Azusa, taking him down there. And then after a while, I felt like a punk, like he was taking advantage, you know. Oh, drop me off at the restaurant. I go, hey, your brother-in-law needs his grass cut. You know, I wouldn't say that, but, you know, mm -hmm. I just can see that taking advantage. And now oh, I've started, like, judging them. And then I got to go to Pasadena. He goes, can you hold my backpack while I go talk to the judge? I don't know if he's going to take me in or not. I'm holding his backpack there, you know. And then he bought me lunch. Then I didn't see him after a while. Well, Nikki, then about a few years later, I'm coming back from a driving truck in Vons here in El Monte, and I stopped at the 24-hour because I'm a member, and I just wanted to get my money's worth, just go in and use the bathroom. And he's in there at 3 in the morning. Hey, Fernando, me, Nikki, I'm sober. You never know, oh, right? Yeah, he you said he's sober. Know. Oh, be damned. Exactly what you said, just give him a little bit of a... Yeah, you just let him, leave him alone, let him handle it. That, you gotta that's all. Yeah, give him the rope. <laughs> They'll either go for it or hang themselves. It's amazing, though, the guys that come into the meetings. We had a guy that came into the Wednesday night meeting. I can't think of his name for this to save my life, but... He came for about a year, you know, was right over here in his church. Then we hadn't seen him for, I don't know, shit. I don't know how many years, five or six. Then he just shows up one time and doing well. And he was a little goofy, you know, when he came in. He was still a little goofy. But it's just like they come in and, and they're, they're a different guy. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just because... It, not because we, of us, it's because the program was there for them, you know, and uh, that was, that's just cool stuff when they come back and yeah, you have those random meetings. Yeah. You hey, never know. Hey man, that's that's one of the reasons I like uh, Elanon too, because it helps me to detach, like you were right. saying. There's a couple of guys that are, you know, it doesn't, they they don't come back, they don't want to be of service and everything, and I keep. After them and sitting and stuff. Did you ever notice how when you get a secretary, they're the secretary for however long it is, and then you don't see them for? Her. Yeah. <laughs> well, you go through that a lot here. That's me here and through fucking secretaries. They stay there until the term is finished, and you don't see them for. Her. And they think they got it. Yeah. There's Tim, I think. Maybe not. 
Yeah, this guy told Marshall he got a job. At I a seen container. Marshall the other yeah. day. Yeah, he was here Sunday, yesterday. I seen him Saturday, I think. He finally got a job with uh, a container facility, four-year-old company, this H and R or something. That's where he's at today. Where else are we? How much time's he got? He's got two years done. Does he not? Well, years. I think we've been watching him for two years. Yeah. yeah. He has <laughs> a thousand meetings done. He's, he's counting. He's counting meetings. What about that girl that comes up, kind of attractive girl, and she goes barefooted and sits on the ground? Oh, yeah, I got her number, uh, Lisa. I mean, <laughs> Erica, Erica. She cuts her toenails on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, she's... Uh, I, I, you know, and you, and you see the girls that come in from the, the... I don't know where they come from, the bus. I pray for those girls. Some of them, some of them are just there looking around and stuff like that. And I says, you know, I've been in that place in my life. God bless them. I hope they hear something for later on in life. You know, I pray for those girls. I pray for all of them every day, morning and night. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful because they, they're a unity. They are unison. When we get here and they, they share you know, one of them will talk about gratitude and about this, and I said, wow, you know, they're, they're, they're so, united. Well, we How long did they stay there in that place, do you know? Not long. I, the term, I don't recognize them, but in a couple of months or so, I don't see any of the faces that were here before. They all have It's tough being a woman in this, this, this problem. It's tough being a woman. And a lot of them come in pregnant. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know how they ever got started coming, but it's really got to treat them with a little, a little respect. Well, like you, a little care. It's good to have them there. It's like you. Maybe they went to court or something, and and they were. Well, it could be part of the requirements of staying in that home. Right, right. It's probably Mm -hmm. a sober living place. Right. You know, and uh, you know how it is when they're in those places. You got to have so many meetings a week. Maybe it's two, three, four. Yeah, trying they to provide re- the transportation, and they pick yeah. out a meeting, take yeah. you over there. Yeah, I really, my hats are off to the people that put those houses, they buy the houses, and they get all those permits, and have to deal with all that, and get the girls in, and that's a lot of work, you know, to get them all to, to uh... well, thank you guys, appreciate you yeah. coming down, and pre- uh, let's go ahead and, and close our meeting with the third step prayer for this day. Beautiful meeting. Here you get through it. God, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, of thy love, of thy way of life. May I do thy will. Amen. Amen. Good meeting. Amen. Thank you, guys. Really took us back. We couldn't let you sit here by yourself, Fernando. <laughs> we don't do that. Hey, I appreciate you guys coming down. Where do these chairs go? And bend my truck right over here. I'll help carry some of those over for you. Thank you. You're going to, you're going to try and do al though? Oh, yeah. I've got to wait see if someone shows up. But I can get rid of a couple of chairs.